El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, I don't do anything at all. Joining me today, you've heard him a whole bunch of times on this podcast right here. You can also hear his comedy on Spotify, or you can hear his comedy at the Unpop Zoom Comedy Show happening this Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, Atif Myers also joining me. He is one of the internet's favorite people. He used to be my co-worker. He is the host of a fantastic podcast called Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Ladies and gentlemen, we're always happy to have him here. Alex Schmidt. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host today, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host. Just <laughs> me in a Zoom room full of guests, like Alex Schmidt, for example. Alex, hey, how's it going? It's going. Well, I think I think when I logged on, I was like, I'm good given everything going on. Because I am. I'm good given everything going on. Feels great. There is a whole lot going on. I feel like everybody's life has a lot going on right now, no matter yeah. who you are. Like a Tiff Myers. What's up? <laughs> How's it going, a tiff? Besides your raging food poisoning that you're fighting through right now, dude, I got food poisoning. Fucking probably gonna get fired from my job. This is dope. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we didn't even hear about that part before we started recording. Fucking yeah, sucks having it's a sales safe. job in a pandemic. Like no one wants to buy things because everybody's dying. Who knew? Yeah, imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a Will Smith from I Am Legend and Will Smith from Pursuit of Happiness. Merge into the same movie. <laughs> That's what my life is right now. <laughs> yeah, that that seems fitting because I I, oh. I I booked you on this episode because it's a good news episode, and we always book you on the sad shit. So yeah, of course now, you would show up sick to the good yeah, news episode. Yeah, now I'm the shitty one. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> you got to come out of this sad somehow. Oh. <laughs> Well, and, and Adam, you deserve credit for compiling quite a good list of great news that just we'll probably also divert from, it seems like, for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. Everyone on this podcast can attest that I had the idea to record a good news episode before we found out Trump has been diagnosed with COVID-19. Completely coincidental. Yeah, sincerely. It's not a. It's not like a ha ha ha. Like, like he really did prepare a whole doc. I read it over. Like it's real. Yeah. <laughs> and then late last night, word oh. came down. Donald Trump has the Rony Roan. <laughs> but I just, I just love how like you can just feel Twitter get a boner at that time. Like everybody was fucking amped. Like oh. People were happy, and then people tried to play, like, the high road. Like, oh, I, I hope he comes out of it okay. Like, it's it's nuts. It's fucking nuts. It's a good time yeah. to just not say anything, at least in <laughs> regards to that. Like, it's always kind of funny when someone who is a mask denier or a coronavirus denier gets coronavirus. Yeah. Like, there have been lots of stories in the news recently of situations like that. But this is a little more serious than that. Yeah. I'm always kind of hesitant to jump on social media and celebrate when anyone dies or might die or is very sick, even if it's the worst president of all time. But I feel like it's fitting to talk about this on this good news episode because I think a lot of people are treating this like it's good news. And high road aside, yeah. like just forgetting all of those concerns, this is not good news. Like the last thing you want as an American is for your president to die in office weeks before an election. The chaos yeah. that will ensue as a result of that will be 
unprecedented. Yeah, we've never had anybody go right before an election in any context or for any reason. It tends to be right after an election, usually just randomly. Right. I can't imagine what this is going to mean for the election. Like Trump isn't going to be able to run like he's not going to be able to campaign for what the next 15 days and the election is 32 days away like if nothing else this is going to give him more ammunition in his argument that oh maybe we should just like put off the election or you know delay it till a safer time and biden's come out and has been like i'm not fucking slowing down like fuck that which like rightfully so you know what i mean like why would he stop yeah it's also a weird thing where, like, like I saw tweets where people were like, Biden must suspend his campaign. And I thought, like, does that mean a few less Zoom calls? Like, his campaign's been suspended <laughs> the entire year, kind of. Like, he can't do most of the things he would do because the president screwed up the virus. So, like, sure. like it's kind of a crazy... Uh, and he also, I think, has to quarantine for a while because he was exposed recently to a guy who has coronavirus. Uh, the president. He got, he got tested. He got tested twice today and was yeah. and came out negative. But then also it came out that like before the debates, they wanted everybody to get there on Monday so they can test and like be like pseudo quarantined. Oh. But then, or I think Sunday, and then Trump showed up like Tuesday at like six o'clock at night and like said he didn't have it. Like they told him he's based it off good faith. Jeez. <laughs> like. Everything that could have possibly went wrong, he just fucking went for it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I get why people are tickled by this, like, for so many reasons, because Trump is a tyrant who has led to a lot of sadness and death and destruction. But (laughs) I I see two outcomes here. Either he dies, leaving a Mm -hmm. massive power vacuum on the right, and... I don't know if I want to see who fills that vacuum. Even if it's Mike Pence, I feel like that's worse. Because Mike Pence is an experienced politician who doesn't come off as a dipshit when he speaks on the world stage. But beyond that, he believes everything Trump believes, which makes him kind of worse. And if it's not him, this is... This would be such an opportunity for like some QAnon chud to step up and be like, Trump was murdered. Vote for me. Eh, That guy wins. Oh, man. Problem. Or even Biden might win. (laughs) Well, and when and when you said QAnon chud, my brain initially for a second pictured just a guy using the Internet. But now I'm remembering. (laughs) Oh, no, that can include like Donald Trump Jr. Like there's a bunch of very high profile people who are ready to take the reins of something like that because they're already in public life. Yeah, there's there's lots of people in public life who know that demographic exists, that really rabid pro-Trump demographic. And if Trump dies, they're going to be especially rabid. And yeah. someone will be able to step up and harness that energy and possibly have an impact on the election. Like, but wouldn't they just get votes from the right, right? Like, they would, right? They, like, that's how they would fuck it up. They would get already right-leaning votes. So that would leave more room for Biden. Yeah, I mean, you would hope. Like, that, I get. like, I guess that is, like, that's not the best case scenario. But, like, just the idea that Trump would die before this election, I just can't mm. fathom the impact that will have on his followers. Like, yeah, yeah, they're not just going to shrug their shoulders and be like, oh, I guess it's over now. Like everything they believe about the deep state and about elites is just going to be reinforced by that because they already think this is a made up disease spread by elites. But you do hear a few who are like, no, 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 no. it's it's real. It's a real disease, but it's also spread by the elites so they can control the world through <laughs> vaccines. So right. that element We'll just be like, oh, well, the elites used COVID to kill Trump. And now what are we going to do about it? And like, man, does the country need that on our hands right now? I don't think so. How long has this podcast been going? Like two minutes? Two minutes? You've already bummed me out. This is great. I mean, we're going to get, yeah, we're going to get to, I'm just just trying to drive home the point that this isn't good news. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This is like to... When I received this news, I feel like 
I feel like you're absolutely right that the potential chaos of this and the negatives of this are overwhelmingly bad and it's not good news. And then it's also like, I feel like it's the first news I've come across in a long time that feels like just like there is justice in Donald Trump catching the coronavirus. And justice has not been the thing that wins out very often. I was trying to remember the last like story I read where I was like, yeah, the, the, the thing that makes sense morally and cosmically happened. Like it's, it's been a bit, you know, I don't know. I, it's, it's sad to see someone get sick. It's sad if someone dies of a virus, he more than anybody else, basically on earth kind of has done things that mean he deserves to catch it in a, in a broad moral sense. Yeah. Well, it's also because again, he had all of the information first. You yeah. know what I mean? Like imagine right. if you got a, the hottest tip that this, that the Lakers are going to win the championship. It's like, dude. We took out Dame Lillard. We took out all of them. They're going to get poisoned in two weeks. Just bet on the Lakers. And then you throw (laughs) all your money on, like, Nebraska. Like, like they're not even in the NBA. Like, what do you do? You bet on a college team to win the NBA Finals. That's the media says that. Nebraska's in the NBA. They're in the NBA, Atif. They're in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he had... All the information first. Well, that's All, yeah. That's one of the other things that's less, I guess, less scary and more sad to me is like what this says about our country on the world stage and the leadership in this country. I mean, I'm happy that it undermines everything about Trump's kind of disregard for coronavirus. Like I'm, I'm glad that he among all people will have to by now see that this is not a fake thing. Like that's good. Right. And, (laughs) but it's just like, it's such a bummer having someone like this representing us to the rest of the world. Like, Oh yeah. As much as I've bitched about Obama also deporting a ton of people and the drone strikes and not closing Guantanamo, at least he looked good when he was in front of a crowd talking. And you could be like, well, that's why he's the American president, because look at that fucking guy. And like, I feel like every president in my lifetime has had a little bit of that it factor, like that that charisma that just kind of supersedes any of the evil stuff they might be saying on the world stage. And Trump doesn't have that. Trump just comes off as evil and stupid. And this is such Mm -hmm. a perfectly representative example of that. Like he spent so much time disregarding masks and the fact that coronavirus was going to go away like some kind of miracle. And now, well, here you got it. So on the one hand, you want to be like, that is justice. That's definitely justice. It's just, once again, it's not justice for us. Like it, yeah. like right. it just yeah. makes us look even worse to the rest of the world. Because now everyone's going to be like, "Well, you elected the guy. Like it's your country." <laughs> and it's also like you know, if he does survive, he's not going to like learn from it. He's just going to see, "I was strong enough to survive." Like that, then more people could be like, "See, this fucking guy can survive it." Who? This orange and is horrifically out of shape. Like I can survive it too. Like he's going. He's not going to learn from this. Yeah, I think that's a legitimate concern too. I think if he survives this, I think a lot of his followers will come out of it being like, "Man, you know how much McDonald's that guy eats, and he survived. I can survive this. So let's just return to life as normal." And it's like, yeah, he's the president. He already got an experimental treatment for his yeah. COVID nineteen. An experimental treatment the rest of the world doesn't even have access to. It's still in phase three clinical trials. So even if he survives Trump supporters, you are not the president and you should not take that lesson away from this. And my concern if he survives is that he will use this as pretext to escalate our tensions with China because he spent so much time accusing China of purposely unleashing this on the world or at the very least, withholding information about it from the world while it mm-hmm. was spreading. If he comes out of this and survives, he's not going to tone that down. He's going to be like, well, they spread this and they tried to kill the American president. So what are we going to do about that? And mm-hmm. with like Biden calling Trump soft on China, like Trump could come out the other end of this and be like, time to go to war with China. 
I've had it. Which that would suck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he is he was already quite random and not thoughtful and ultimately counterproductive about who he picks fights with. And I think you're right that it's really bad to give him any encouragement to pick a specific fight. Uh which this uh, uh random microbe is doing. Are are viruses microbes? I don't really know. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Close yeah. enough. <laughs> Yeah, I, I appreciate your proper use of the word random there. I read a headline right before we recorded that said, actor Rick Moranis randomly punched in the head in New York City. Yeah, and it's like, mugged. what oh. was he, was he supposed to schedule it? Like, of course it was random. <laughs> like, it wasn't a pre-planned punch in the head. Where does the right. randomly come from? Anyway, right. I digress. No, no man, woman, child, animal, anything would purposely punch Rick Moranis in the head. They probably thought he was somebody else, you know? <laughs> Nobody That's probably that. true. He's a global treasure. So, all right, let's talk about good news now. Okay. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm ready. Are you happy, Atif? Yeah, a little bit. So this next, price. we got another coronavirus story that <laughs> I hope, like, we know there are going to be multiple documentaries that will come out of the year 2020. And the one I want to see the most is the one about the NBA bubble, because (laughs) the degree to which they've avoided coronavirus while playing one of the most high contact sports imaginable blows my mind. They've had zero positive coronavirus tests, at least among players, I think among staff too, in the NBA bubble since like July. That's impressive as shit. (laughs) Yeah. I was really shocked that baseball didn't do a bubble. And I think this is a good argument that they should have because it seems to work better. Definitely. But it's like, you got to think about who's running basketball. Like Adam Silver was the Mm. first to shut down. Like the NBA shut down before the government did. Yeah. Like, it's true. Once Rudy Gobert got coronavirus, they're like, "All right, no more, no more season. We're we're not going to do this." And then they literally figured it out. Like even UFC has gotten positive coronavirus cases where they have to cancel multiple fights. But putting everybody in the bubble has been the smartest thing. It survived the stripper incident. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's honestly fantastic. Justice for Lou Williams. He was just getting takeout chicken wings. He wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lemon pepper is lemon pepper. What are you going to do? You know, come on. I've heard such good things. I've heard such good things about the wings there. I need to try them. Can we take a trip? (laughs) Seems like we can. Yeah. yeah. Magic City. They're open. Yeah. (laughs) Flights are probably cheap. We could probably fly to Atlanta just to get chicken wings and come back to LA for like 150 bucks. Oh man. Yeah. Or like eight hour drive each way from me. We could do it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) road trip that'd be so good but yeah the nba season's almost over by the time this episode goes up it will be even closer to being over the lakers are playing the heat in the nba finals i predicted the heat would make the finals no big deal they're so good yeah the heat have been great in the in the playoffs but they're getting smoked by the lakers so far Well, their players have been getting injured. Like, Bam's not going to play the next game. I think Goron fucking got, like, a sprained ankle. Oh, no, plantar fasciitis tear. Yeah. Like... What if they all get coronavirus, like, game four? (laughs) We just have to wait another six months for the NBA to finish its season. The right will be like, see, the fucking Antifa member LeBron James gave the Heat coronavirus. Like they will, they will think of any excuse but the fucking truth. Also, stupid Doc Rivers has gotten fired and rehired during this pandemic. <laughs> oh, who hired him? Sorry, I'm behind. The Seventy Sixers. The Seventy Sixers hired oh, him to right. so fire him again another two years. Yeah. I fucking hate. I hate Doc Rivers so much. <laughs> Why do you hate Doc Rivers so much? He's the most overrated coach, maybe of all time. Wow. He, he's had. He won with the Celtics. When they had arguably four Hall of Famers, and everybody thought that was a fucking feat of some sort. They're the first super team, and he's taking credit for it. I hate it. He doesn't do anything original. He just gets on teams with fucking dope players. What do you you want him to do original? But, like, you see these coaches like Eric Spolstra. He he fucking built that team up. Yeah. 
like the dude at the Celtics now. He's fucking doing great with not really any like Hall of Famers. <laughs> I fuck, I hate Doc Rivers so much, man. Do you wish he got it. coronavirus instead of Trump? He's one of those few people where, yeah, maybe. Just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate him so Because, oh my God. He's done nothing revolutionary in his whole career, yet he keeps on getting jobs. And he got his fucking son a job in the NBA. It, it's the wor- it's the worst. Sorry. Sorry for that fucking tangent. That triggers me. I don't know why. Sorry. Have either of you been watching the NBA playoffs? Yes. I've, I've pretty much missed it, but I, I saw some highlights on YouTube. Yeah. I've been watching it religiously because it's like, I mean, there's not a lot on TV right now. Like I wanted this to be an episode about the best movies of 2020. And I think I've got like three. Like... <laughs> There's what? just not a lot happening right now. What movies have even come out? Like, right? I've been plugging yeah. a movie that's on Shutter right now called Host. Okay. It's a horror mm-hmm. movie that all takes place on a Zoom call. Oh. Probably the best horror movie I've seen this year. It's only 56 minutes long. Fucking great. Oh, that's a runtime. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah, you, know you come in older. under 90, I like it. That's how you know we're all like getting older, is we love a short runtime. We <laughs> yeah. still love a short fucking runtime. Yeah. The last movie I saw in theaters was fucking Bloodshot. <laughs> so if I if I die, it's because I saw Bloodshot. Like, it's fucking horrible. Yeah, for me, it would have been <laughs> Invisible Man. That's the movie that would have taken me out. Fuck. Which, I, I given the message remember. of the movie, that's that's right. fitting, I suppose. Like, has anybody seen Tenants? No. I'm not going to die for Christopher Nolan. <laughs> he acts like I that movie's a- never going to be streaming. Yes, it will. There's a, there's a writer named Tom Guerra, and he watched it at a drive-in in Australia, like, before it was even out in the U.S., and he described it as being like ev- it's the most a Nolan movie has ever been a Nolan movie in a bad way. Like you, you kind of oh. can't follow it, and it's just about guys whose wives die, and like it's all the <laughs> it's all oh. the stuff that you you wish he would do less of. God damn! So now I'm really gonna wait. <laughs> Definitely not risking it in theaters. I, yeah, I love the the promotion for it, where it's like big movies are back in theaters. Yeah, it's like we know you irresponsible son of a bitch. <laughs> They're back because of you, you jerk. God damn it. So before we move on from the NBA bubble, Scottie Pippen recently came out and said that he feels like the NBA bubble isn't real NBA basketball. Who agrees with him? Because mm-hmm. I, I don't. I no, I don't. Fuck yeah. Scottie Pippen. Fuck Scottie Pippen too, man. Like, fuck. <laughs> I am happy Future stole his wife. Like, I'm happy. He just has the worst <laughs> takes in sports. That happened? Yes, Future, <laughs> apparently, I don't know if it's real or not, but I know Future banged his wife, but Future said the reason why he banged his wife was, was uh, Scotty Pippen didn't sign an autograph for him when he was a kid, so he got oh, super I love that. I love that. If given the chance, I would revenge bang Greg Maddox's wife for the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only person who's done that to me was uh, President Jimmy Carter, and I don't want to bang his wife, so... Wait, what? Oh, wait, Carter refused an autograph for you? So oh, I, okay. Yes, I used to work at events, and Jimmy Carter lined up everybody to shake their hand, and then he went around me purposefully to not shake my hand. Well, it's probably just because you're Muslim. But it was for his pro-Palestinian <laughs> movie. That's the thing. Like It was like the most Muslim person to shake a Muslim guy's hand. It was and like, he, I've done enough. And he just didn't. So I'm like, yo, fuck Jimmy Carter. But that is... Such a shitty take from Scottie Pippen. It, it, here's the thing. I get what he's saying, that it's not real NBA basketball in that you're not traveling to a different arena and having to play in front of fans. But that right. doesn't necessarily mean it makes it easier. I think that would make it harder. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. you don't have to deal with home court advantage if you're the visiting team, but you also never have home court advantage at all. That's what I found so fascinating about this. Like they would put one team or the other's logo on the floor, but it's like, we know you're just at Disney world. Like you're not, that's not actually where the nets play. I don't know if the nets even made it to the bubble, but yeah, yeah, they did. did. but I feel like that makes it harder. Like when you don't have the crowd to get in the other team's head, like that would make it a little more difficult. 
Not only that, but then you have to see your opponent, like, every fucking day, and he's in the room next to you. Like, yeah. Scotty never had to deal with that. Scotty never had to fucking beat the Pistons and then Bill Lambeer was sleeping in the next room. Like, <laughs> he never had to fucking deal with that. Yeah, it's kind of like they made sports into an office job. <laughs> where you're just never escaping your coworkers like an office job that you also live at yeah i mean granted you're at disney world so that would be cool but it's almost exactly like that bad convention that you go to every other year in orlando or or in arizona or something and you're all in the same hotel for four days it's like oh geez i can't believe it i've never had a job like that but i've heard about it and it doesn't sound good yeah this is that but for nine weeks They've been and in there nine and weeks. And there's no fans. So everybody's at their highest level of intensity. Like, there's no real pressure. Right. Fuck. Yeah. yeah Fuck it's Scotty. It's been, it's been interesting to watch. The, Adam Silver thinks they will restart their season with fans in the stands. And I think he's being a little overly optimistic about that. Because yeah. it's not like there's outdoor oh. basketball arenas. Or maybe he'll do that. Do it like NBA Jam. Just do it on playgrounds around the country. <laughs> or NBA 2K20, NBA Jam. How old am I? Did you ever watch, it would be like the Rucker Park series back yeah. in the day if you ever saw that. Yeah, do the NBA bubble at Venice Beach. <laughs> that would be fucking <laughs> sick. That would. Oh my God. They make them play with just the one hoop and you have to take it over half quarterback <laughs> and stuff. Check the ball. Check the ball. But, I would I'm, be way into that. But what would Scotty have wanted? That's you know what I mean. That's the real thing. These fucks always say they always say shit that's like semi-controversial, but they offer no real solution. Yeah, yeah. he's just like this isn't real. It's like, well, why is it a real Scotty? And it's like it's not real. It's like you're a fucking you're an ass. You're just such an ass. Go join Doc <laughs> Rivers. Join his assistant. Be his assistant coach. <laughs> Poor Doc Scotty. Rivers. Fuck I feel man, worse for him man. than I do for Trump right now. I almost, I almost texted you, and I was like, "Can we have Doc Rivers being hiring as an unpopular man?" <laughs> oh, so st- steaming all day yesterday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Let's talk about another piece of good news that cuts right to my very heart. This was so exciting. The most welcome news. Mariah Carey released her entire catalog on vinyl. As people may know, I have been trying to collect every mm-hmm. Mariah Carey album on vinyl. In my office, I have one hanging on the wall, autographed. How about that? But I had hit the point in my search where anything I bought next was going to be like $200 minimum because a lot of her albums just weren't available on vinyl. There was one, uh, the Daydream album. At one point, the cheapest copy of that I could find was like $650. Jesus. Because it was just so Man. rare on vinyl. But they they eventually released that. They re-released that uh, earlier last year, uh, as opposed to later last year. And they uh, <laughs> now she just... She's putting out a book, a memoir uh, about herself. And in conjunction with that, she re-released all of her albums on vinyl. I've ordered six. Jesus. In total, it cost me less than $200. The future is here. And I'm so excited to read that book. I bought the book, too. Does that box of albums finish the collection? Like, did you just do it in one go? You're all set? No, I I have some already. And right. uh, most of them are in good enough shape that I don't need to replace them necessarily. So I just bought the ones that I bought the most recent ones because those are actually the hardest to find and the most expensive are like oh. her stuff from mm. like the 2010s. Like yeah. that stuff was really hard to find. So I bought all of that and now I've got like three or four to go, but they're, they're the albums I care about the least like MTV unplugged and the Christmas album. Like, yeah. I'll get around to that. When am I going to listen to her Christmas album? Are you, Christmas. 
Are you going to listen to any of these? Do you listen to records or you just look at them? No, I listen to them. I have a, I have a record player at my home and, uh, I fucking love Mariah Carey. I bought four signed copies of the CD single of all I want for Christmas is you because she was selling them for, I think $5 last year. Jesus. Oh, and then it great. took them forever to show up. And then just in the middle of the pandemic, there was just this package of Mariah Carey Christmas CDs on my steps. And I was so happy. Are, but you, uh, are you going to like get them graded or is that too nerdy? I mean, that that would be a little nerdy. The okay. one I have framed, I would pro- I would maybe do something like that with at some point because it's signed also but yeah, beyond that yeah. like i want i want her album so i can listen to them and i like i like listening to music on vinyl hmm. and it's also just like that's that's how you show respect for an artist you like these days buy their shit on vinyl so yeah that's cool yeah i'm, I'm also excited to get that book apparently she recorded an alternative rock album on the side while she was recording the daydream album oh, and man i wish that album was included with a book i want to hear mariah carey's grunge album that is fascinating (laughs) mariah carey plays nirvana is like the ultimate adam album like if that was available Uh, (laughs) that would be (laughs) yeah i would pay good good money for that (laughs) i think you would have to commission it but you would be up for it yeah (laughs) yeah if i ever had like you know saudi royal money where you can just like book Beyonce to play your birthday party. That's what I would do instead. Right. I'd be like, do you want to make a guaranteed $1 million on your next <laughs> album? Here's what I want. Is, is there any way to, do you think that ever be released? Probably not. Fuck. But she no, released like a little snippet of like it. Like that Wu-Tang thing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, who was it that was telling me, apparently there's like, two tracks with Celine Dion on that unreleased Wu-Tang album. Oh, what? I have no idea. I don't remember who was telling me that. I think it might've been Jeff. I don't know. That sounds like Jeff. But apparently there are, there, there's some Celine Dion on that unreleased Wu-Tang album. How about Martin Shkreli not ever releasing that? I feel yeah. like that's what I would do too. Like I would be that asshole if I got <laughs> that Wu-Tang album. Nope. I'd let people listen to it. If I was in the same room, I'd put, I'd put phones in those Faraday cages so (laughs) people couldn't record it with their phone. You'd get a little pat down at the door and then we would in private listen to what is probably a very average Wu-Tang album. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like I, I wouldn't even, I don't know. I wouldn't even listen to it though. I'm just such a weird nerd collector that I would just look at it and then just put it away in my closet. Yeah, that's mm. the thing. Like, if Wu-Tang put out an album tomorrow, I probably wouldn't pay seventeen ninety nine for it. No. But that one <laughs> that there's only one copy of, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not like, when I'm rich enough, I'm going to try and get that. <laughs> like, why? Although the, the show about Wu-Tang on Hulu, if you haven't watched it, mm. really good. Very oh, good. Oh, cool. Let's talk about more good music news rolling stone updated their 500 greatest albums list which this is a thing they do every once in a while and this time they have updated it to acknowledge that black people make music also and that in some cases it's better than music from the 60s or 70s because when this album first came out or when this list first came out in 2000, the most recent one in 2012, like the top 50 was mostly white artists from the 60s and 70s. Yeah. There was like so much Buffalo Springfield. And like even by 2012, <laughs> it's like, come on. There have been other decades since then. Well, I remember even they released like a best of vocalist. And I want to say number five was like Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan, fantastic mm. songwriter. Shit voice. Like, yeah, that's a big, big stretch. Yeah. But right. It was like, I think Whitney Houston was like 21. And I was like, they put out a list of the 100 greatest guitar players and Prince wasn't on it. What? Oh, man. Who's better than Buckethead? <laughs> Did they have Buckethead at least? Oh, I guarantee you Buckethead <laughs> made the list. Probably top 20. <laughs> How is he not? Yeah, the... I think everyone by now has seen that famous video of Prince playing that crazy ass guitar solo during the rock and roll hall of fame induction ceremony. And the, 
one of the the reasons people speculate that he really went for it in that moment is that list had just come out where he wasn't included on it. And Jan Wenner, the founder of Rolling Stone, was getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that night. So it was Prince showing off. I mean, it didn't get him That's on that cool. list, but still. I don't think I turned to Rolling Stone for anything authoritative on anything. I know they're a big deal, but when they try to do, if, if Rolling Stone tried to tell me like, oh, these are the top uh, podcasts, I'd be like, eh, maybe. You're fine. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Are, are they still a big deal? Like, are, I feel like, like Rolling Stone does better politics stuff than they do music stuff these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Like they still run a lot of really important articles in that way. But yeah, on music stuff, like they've got such a, a checkered history when it comes to getting stuff like this right. Like they had Weezer's Pinkerton album. They voted that the worst album of 1996. <laughs> and then by 2012, it was on their list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. What? So right. you got to take it kind of with a grain of salt when Rolling Stone, like the. Rolling Stone is the kind of outlet where if they say the thing I feel about an album, I'll be like, well, Rolling Stone said it, so it must be true. <laughs> and if they disagree with me, I'm like, man, fuck Rolling Stone. Who listens to them anymore? Yeah. But they did update this list. I still don't know if I agree. The number one album now is Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. And, okay. Yeah. Right. It's a good album. Is that the best really... album of all time? No. I also I really like feel is. like these lists are useless because they're not breaking it down by genre. Like, and yeah. that's, that's really what matters, I feel like. Like, it's it's not that I, I'm not just going to walk to a music player, record player, and be like, it's time to listen to the number one album. It's like, no, what am I in the mood for? And then something good from that. That would be great. But yeah, like, music is one of those rare exceptions when people are like, oh, labels don't matter. They do in music. Like, yeah. you can't just hand me an album and go, this is good. Like, right. I need more information first. Like, is right. it Swedish death metal good? Right. In which case, I'm probably not going to be that interested. It's so, what yeah. Even, what even makes it the best out? Like, I don't know, man. I love Marvin Gaye, but it's not something I would go running to. And I feel like the best album is something I'd go, like, running to. It's not my favorite Marvin Gaye album. I know that. No. But, yeah. I Well, I, I like that album, and I almost wish it weren't being listed by somebody as the number one album because then it just get, makes you want to criticize it and tear it down as, as, just as a ranker of things you know like it's yeah. like when Harold yeah. Baines got into the Baseball Hall of Fame then suddenly everybody was saying bad things about him and I don't need that he's a perfectly good hitter leave him alone Harold Baines was great yeah yeah they I don't know what's going on just feels like such an easy pick like it it feels almost calculated to me Hmm. Like, I do appreciate that the Beatles aren't like eight out of the top 10 now. I mean, I love the Beatles, but you do at yeah. some point have to allow room for other people to be considered the best. Thriller. Thriller on the 2012 list was something like 15 or something crazy like that. And I think now it's top 10. See, but like, again, every song, like, like every song in Thriller is like went platinum essentially. It was fucking nuts. I don't know. It's fucking annoying. Thriller's a strong album. So is Purple Rain. Purple Rain's fucking Purple Rain fantastic. is my thriller, but it's fine. But yeah, fuck Rolling Stone. Fuck. Who cares? Yeah, that's like if someone yeah. told me they read Maxim. I was like, why do you still read Maxim? <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't you grow up? Maxim, Maxim used to be so funny. It used to be the best, but it's like, wait, you're still, you still read Maxim? Like, <laughs> like at some point it took, a, it took a hard turn from being a funny men's magazine to just like a douchey men's magazine. But in those yeah. early days, God, it like they had some legitimately great writers on their staff. Yes, they did. Mm. I remember my favorite Maxim story. I think this is my only Maxim story, but someone, <laughs> they did this whole profile on Kurt Cobain in the previous issue because it was the anniversary of something Nirvana related. And someone right. wrote and he was in the Hot One Hundred, so you gotta, you know, break it down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nevermind did move way up the list on this version of the top five hundred, which I also disagree with. Not the best Nirvana album. But mm. back to the Maxim story. Yeah. Someone wrote a letter to the editor in the next issue and was like, uh, 
the only reason they they were basically saying Kurt Cobain was shit, and they said the only reason Eddie Vedder isn't more famous than Kurt Cobain is because Eddie Vedder didn't commit suicide. And Maxim's response was, "You're right. Eddie Vedder should kill himself." <laughs> Which, oh, you would get shut down for that reply in 2020. Oh, oh man, what a different world. Uh, speaking of a different world, there is finally a cure for lazy eye, everybody. Woo. That's got to be great. exciting if you're at home with a lazy eye. Everyone knows someone with a lazy eye. Yeah. Tom York, Slick Rick, if nothing else. I thought I had a lazy eye this morning. <laughs> it. I always thought it was like a physical thing. Like, I thought it was like something with your your physical structure but it actually happens when the brain fails to process inputs from one eye favoring the other eye but oh everyone at home knew that and as it turns out science may have found a cure and it's drugs party drugs fun drugs (laughs) what provided you consider horse tranquilizers a party drug which several people do i've never tried it (laughs) experience uh everyone on the on the on the pod go around the room alex your experience with ketamine go uh none uh, okay a tiff you've taken some ketamine in your day right never i've never even drank alcohol oh, like, I'm, okay. I'm the most boring fucking muslim you could have asked <laughs> i have never taken ketamine but i did break up with a girl because of how she treated me while she was on ketamine okay. so i don't have the the most positive experiences with it you got tired and of her looking at you with a laser eye focus? <laughs> like, your eyes are too straight. I'm out. <laughs> she was just being an asshole. Like, I God thought your words were supposed to make you cool. Your gaze is too stereo. I'm sorry. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, apparently researchers at the University of California, Irvine School of Medicine. Anyone ever been? No? No? All right. No. Uh, they just made a pretty huge discovery. Here's a quote. I don't know why I even wrote this quote down. Our research team showed that ketamine downregulates NRG1 expression in PV inhibitory cells, resulting in sustained cortical disinhibition to enhance cortical plasticity in adult visual cortex. And I think everyone knows what that means. (laughs) I think, I guess that means lazy eye is cured. Yeah. Also, I... This is one of those stories where I want to give them extra credit for doing this work during Corona. Like most lab work, you have to do it in person and stuff. These guys work like extra hard to figure this out. A lot of extra precautions and stuff. Good job. But also them not even focusing on trying to find a cure for Corona. That's all. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> they could have, because I have friends that are like in, in the field of like, I have friends, she's like trying to cure cancer, but they pivoted from cancer to Corona. I feel like that's what most of that industry is doing, except these guys are like, fuck that, lazy eyes, man. Like, we got to cure these fucking lazy eyes. It's like, But like, I mean, if you have a lazy eye, I bet you're very thankful for this because you don't want to have coronavirus yeah. and a fucking lazy eye. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it is definitely a thing. It's not like the researchers were like, we will continue the fight against restless leg syndrome. Like, no, it's like an actual like thing you want to resolve. And, and it's great. Really good. <laughs> Here's more coronavirus news. Your asshole friends are going to have a much harder time dressing up as coronavirus this Halloween. Because yeah. there, were, there were a bunch of coronavirus masks that were available on Amazon. Did anyone look at these masks? They're actually kind of the, cute. I saw the picture you sent. They're yeah, really, cool. really gross. They look like garbage pail kids, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're they're just masks that look like the coronavirus. Everyone, I mean, coronavirus is probably going to be Time Magazine's man of the year this year. Like, <laughs> the, like, everyone knows what coronavirus looks like. And these are masks that uh, you could wear to the Halloween parties you're not supposed to be going to right now and dress up as the thing you're giving everyone when you get there. It is like very PlayStation 1 graphics for the masks. Like, it is very <laughs> funny. Yeah, they're very, it's a very 90s extreme representation of yeah. what the coronavirus looks Ooh, like. But like, props to Amazon for shutting this down. But not props to Amazon for having 19,000 of their workers get coronavirus. Like, they really they yeah. really know what they're giving a fuck about. Yeah, maybe they could <laughs> shut all that worker exploitation down next. That would be fun. Right, or at least give them masks. Maybe these masks, that's what they're being used for. 
And also, I don't even know if this is a good thing. Like, shouldn't you be able to just sell a coronavirus mask? It would tell me who to stay away from in my life. Uh, if I see them wearing it, I know to just kind of cut off that relationship forever uh, to move on. So I, I guess that's something. But what if yeah. you're wearing it because you think you won't get coronavirus because then coronavirus thinks you're coronavirus? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the move, I think. <laughs> or what if you uh, just now are getting on board with buying a coronavirus mask like to protect yourself? And you hit up Amazon and Google coronavirus mask, and you're like, oh, if I knew they looked like this the whole time, I would have been wearing one months ago. This is cool. Yeah, imagine being the person that would buy. Like, here's the thing. We say imagine being the person who would buy something like this, but we're comedians. We know someone who would buy this. I like, know a dozen of these people that would do this. It goes from comedians to, like, managers at my old job who think they're funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, it's that guy who complain who complains about like sexual harassment training. He's that that guy is gonna buy like a bunch of these masks. It's the same dude. I shit you yeah. not. I one time at an insurance job in South Dakota had <laughs> to take a course on women working with other women because it was the place I worked was like ninety healthcare in general is like ninety five percent women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, the women I worked with did not get along. And so we had a company wide women working with women training and like the handful of dudes who were there just had to like attend it too, because it was a mandatory thing. Like, this is revealing. Yeah. I, that's, that's an Intel. I, I would be kind of excited, uh, but, but I know what you mean. It's, it's not for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about another piece of good news, which is, Millennials not knowing what the Holocaust is. Uh, That's not the good news. The good news is those stories about millennials not having knowledge of the Holocaust, if you can believe this, are a little exaggerated. If you can believe it. The most recent one that went around was a headline that said nearly two-thirds of U.S. young adults unaware six million Jews killed in the Holocaust. And you see variations of this every couple years. I feel like, and it's definitely an alarming headline if it was completely accurate, Yeah. but the headline, this one and the one that went around a few years ago and similar ones for decades and decades are all referencing studies done by a group called the Conference on Jewish Material Claims Against Germany. And <laughs> they've terrible been, name. Sorry. yeah, it is a, it's a pretty intense name. <laughs> yeah. Can you? Can you shorten it to anything? Just I don't think a, so. Get a copywriter, pay no. him like 200 He could figure out a better name. <laughs> <laughs> and two years ago, they did another study just like this that had headlines like two-thirds of millennials don't know what Auschwitz is. And the thing you have to keep in mind when you see these is this is that group's job. They are Their goal is to argue for reparations for Jews who are living in Germany and to just generally keep knowledge of the Holocaust in people's minds. And you're not going to get that by issuing a report every two years that says, yep, people realize the Holocaust sucked. <laughs> Everyone go back to your normal life. Like, right. you, you got you to get some clickbait in there. So you have to get a little clever to get the results you want. And that's not saying that they're not concerning results. Like 12% of people surveyed this year had never even heard the term Holocaust. That is concerning. What? Because it's not like they're asking. It's like a vocabulary issue, man. (laughs) Like if nothing (laughs) else. (laughs) That's yeah. It's happening now in China. And it's not like they're asking first graders. Like these are, these are millennials. So that 12%, like that is genuinely alarming. But there's also stuff like two thirds of millennials don't know what Auschwitz is. That comes from a question that was super open-ended. The question on the survey was, can you name any concentration camps, death camps, or ghettos you have heard of? And two thirds of the people who answered said no. That in no way means two-thirds of the people who answered that question don't know what the Holocaust was or that it was a very bad thing or that Nazis carried it out. They just don't have the specifics. Like, yeah. Right. I feel like that describes a lot of people. I feel like Drake has used Holocausts in a song, so they should know. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that was a lot of people wrote in a Drake song when asked. 
if they had heard of the Holocaust. <laughs> There's a Holocaust museum in every city in America, in like every major city in America. Like people know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, but that yeah. doesn't mean that they all know the names of specific concentration camps. Well, also they're not the easiest of names. Right. Like if yeah. you told me to spell Auschwitz or like my mom dies, uh, my mom's probably going to die. I can't spell Auschwitz. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like I <laughs> like, could name I could name Auschwitz, but if like a a real purist came to me and saw me wearing a Nazi shirt and was like name your top 5 concentration camps, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. Is there a BuzzFeed list of top 5 concentration camps? <laughs> With appropriate yeah, I, gifts accompanying it? Like, I, I, I read history for fun, and I, I think I could only name two. Maybe that just means I haven't spent enough time on this topic. But but they're hard to remember. Like, I can only think of Auschwitz and yeah. uh, Dachau. That's it. Mm. Uh, Treblinka is the, the other one I could think of. Oh, okay, yeah. But that's it. Like, I could name those three. Right. And only because I've seen documentaries about all three. Oh, okay. <laughs> so clearly the answer to this problem is we need more documentaries. I went to the Holocaust Museum in D.C., like the main one, and I can't tell you, I can only tell you Auschwitz. Yeah. There was also the claim that 36% of respondents believe 2 million or fewer Jews were killed in the Holocaust. And when you see that claim, you're tempted to think, oh, well, that means that percentage of people are denying that 6 million Jews died in the Holocaust? No, 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 no. It was a multiple choice question. And the answer most people picked was 6 million, which was the correct answer. So that claim could just have easily read most millennials know how many Jews died during the Holocaust because most of the people who answered that question did, but they have to make this seem, I just like, I, I, you'll get no arguments for me that keeping the Holocaust fresh in people's minds and reparations are a a good thing, but I do hate that. Are we ever going to stop with the like blaming millennials for shit? Like aren't millennials yeah. all pushing 40 by now? Yeah. Yeah. I think millennials goes from what? Like 82 to 95 when you're born or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's time to start blaming people who are younger than millennials. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> or even like, I guess I'm blaming boomers for giving us the education system. Like it's just like, what, right. why even do the survey? Like there's so many factors at flaw that like you guys set up this education system that didn't give specifics as to like the concentration camps then you ask us about concentration camps and it's like okay but Auschwitz is the only one in movies like that's the thing I'd like to see this survey run on a bunch of fucking boomers right now yeah mm. given this political climate they'll answer the questions incorrectly on purpose yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh speaking of reparations California might become the first state to offer reparations to black people I guess it's not a surprise that California would be first. Yeah. Now I've got to find a way how to prove that I am. That's the thing. It's like, how do I prove that I'm a descendant? Mm. Yeah, I am really interested to know how this would work. There's not a lot of details on it yet. It's just a a, a bill that has been proposed. It yeah. hasn't passed yet. But just the fact that the conversation is starting, I think, is really interesting. And I do have no idea how it would work. Maybe but... just like two questions. Are you black? Yes or no? And then, yes, you get money. No, you don't get money. I don't know. Yeah. I would love some free money, though. That'd be dope as fuck. It's also, yeah. it's also the thing with, like, any new... It's, I know it's not a new, new proposal, but whenever somebody says, hey, this is moving through the government or through a state government, like, the question is, is a fully, completely fleshed out plan moving through or just, like, a resolution to begin the planning to start the initiating of the initial, you know, yada yada. Like, I don't know which this is. Yeah, it's it's the kind of story where you expect to, like, read a bunch of encouraging stuff and then get to the end. And they're like, and payments are expected to start going out in 2034. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. all going to be dead by then. That's 14 years from now. <laughs> We're not surviving another 14 years in this country. Are you crazy? Does this group have a catchy name like the Jewish group trying to get reparations? <laughs> I don't think so. This was just pushed by lawmakers in okay. California. So there wasn't, There's. it's not like the not fucking around coalition or whatever. Right? Called. What a great name. <laughs> I feel like they are a government operation also. Their leader has serious undercover federal agent energy. Yeah. Like, are, are you familiar with that group, Alex? The Not Fucking Around Coalition? That's real? 
I really yes. thought you made that up just now. I was like, no. what a humorous name. No, it's a, <laughs> a group of it's a group of black militants who have been uh, holding marches, very, very armed, lots and oh. lots of guns. <laughs> yeah. Where where and uh, North well, Carolina? they Carolina? North Carolina. They did one oh, in Louisville oh. recently. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps I and, should become aware of the North Carolina marches, given that I am in North Carolina. Uh, I will <laughs> yeah. Google this later. <laughs> Yeah, I don't Man, know. I don't year. trust them. I think I think they're there to make protesters look scary and bad. But, but also, like I guess, to protect them from right wing people that want to counter protest. But it's going to turn into like a war, like a mini war, right? Yeah, that's just going to be it's just going to be a riot. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a riot. That's what mm. that'll be. Solid uh, name though. Solid fucking name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to put it on merch and sell it. No, you can say, like, the Not Fuck Around Coalition? Like, come on. They, they sound like they open for bad brains. Like, that's a dope fucking name. <laughs> they that's look a, like they would open for bad brains, That's a too. good fucking name. Like, you, I would own a Not Fuck Around Coalition shirt. You'd probably yeah. buy one. Dude. Google it. Let's get, let's get a bunch. Send them out to listeners. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so... Let's talk about this last story. This, I feel like, will be a divisive one in terms of it being good news. Uh, Kylie Jenner registers nearly 50,000 people to vote with one Instagram post. And here's the thing. I know we're supposed to hate the Kardashians, and oh. Kylie Jenner is one of those by extension. But this is a good thing. Like, there's, there is no way you can cut this that makes it a bad thing story mm -hmm. like um, unless they were fifty thousand trump voters wait side note sorry the um the place to get the not broken coalition merch is shopjuda.com where their emblem is like the puma emblem except it's with a lion and they have onesies for babies is that an is that an http or an https they don't even have an http <laughs> or an https i'm on a hard list pass right I'm not putting my list. credit card into that <laughs> website. <laughs> so, Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner, sorry. This, like, I know people hate Instagram influencers, and there are a lot of ways where that sort of thing is a problem. But if we can harness this kind of power to register people to vote and actually get people to vote, there's no way it's a bad thing. No. Like, she posted this one selfie, which is pretty great, by the way. And it just said something about, let's make a plan to vote together. Link in bio. And the site she linked to, which is a site that registers people to vote, had a 1,500% increase in traffic over the next few days after that post. Wow. And registered 48,000 people to vote. By the time we record this, probably more. And that's like, like, that's, there's no way that that's a bad thing. No. And you saw kind of the same thing, like, People were giving Taylor Swift a lot of shit for not really saying anything about Trump or politics in 2016, which I think was kind of valid, but also she's a singer. It's not her job. She doesn't have to. True. But she did at one point. Uh, there was a like a state election happening so, wherever she's from. I yeah, think Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. And uh, she posted something about that and like had a huge impact on voter turnout in that so like i don't know like i feel like we we just need to harness the power of instagram influencers to sway the next election we need yeah we need instagram models to be our version of russia's bots but but again if that's what it takes to get you to vote then like god bless it i just you're right yeah. you're right i don't want to, i never understood the point of hating people doing something inherently positive like she's not benefiting in any monetary way I don't think we're going to be able to vote. No. Yeah. And in the Venn diagram of fans of Instagram influencers and people who aren't registered to vote, I bet that's, I bet that's almost just a circle. I bet that <laughs> that is a lot of overlap. Like if you love Kylie Jenner enough to have registered to vote because she said so, you clearly were not registered to vote before that. Sure. It's <laughs> and be. like, I, I bet there's a lot more in that audience that she could probably with a couple more instagram posts probably do the same thing it's gotta be hilarious like looking at instagram and seeing a model and just like a big old butt and then being like oh shit i gotta register to vote like, 
<laughs> it oh. is a weird motivation. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, now that Kylie Jenner said it, of course I'll vote. <laughs> this definitely also feels like an issue where I feel like so many issues celebrities won't help with it because it feels like it's political one direction or another. And yeah. like, like just get out there and register to vote. Every celebrity can and should help like this. Like they can, like if, you know, there are so many niches where like somebody's like, well, I'm a smart put together person. And if Tom Brady tells me to vote, I will, you know, like there are so <laughs> many specific celebrities who can just do this. It's great. Yeah. But yeah, the, the thing about how weird it would be to be inspired to register to vote because you saw a Kylie Jenner Instagram post reminds me of this army commercial that's going around right now where oh. there's like a dubstep version of a Chicago song in what? it. Oh, weird. And every time I see it, I'm just like, imagine joining the army because they put <laughs> out a sick Chicago dubstep remix. Oh God. <laughs> like I was on the fence, but now that I've heard 25, six to four, <laughs> as a dubstep song right. you got me military yeah it's like why are you here soldier well, saturday in the park featuring <laughs> steve aoki like that's stupid <laughs> but if it works fine okay <laughs> i mean it is kind of a kind of a banging remix <laughs> but yeah kylie jenner she has 196 million instagram followers jesus you know how many people voted in the last election 138 million yeah. So if she could just get all of her followers to register to vote, it would change the world. But they never like explicitly tell you who to vote for, though, right? Good. She probably but, wants people to vote for Kanye. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fair point. Oh no, I've always I've always been kind of annoyed with celebrities like, hey, vote, and it's like, yeah, but who are you voting for? You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking of what happens if Trump dies of COVID, how funny is Kanye's campaign now? Oh, oh man! man. <laughs> <laughs> well, right? he's, not, he's still not even like registered in most states, right? You can still write him in. You could write him in. Don't. I mean, don't. No, if you're don't. listening to no, this, right. highly irresponsible. Please don't. Funny, but, but irresponsible. Right. Uh, but yeah, I feel like we ended on a little bit of a sad note with me throwing that in there. But uh, <laughs> I think that's the end of our episode. We did it. We made it to the end. That was a lot of good newses, I feel. That was. Yeah. A tiff, you must feel so much better after doing this episode. Yeah, my food poisoning is remotely gone right now, so that's nice. Might take a big old nap after this. <laughs> Get old five in the afternoon nap, like a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. You gotta take a nap at five so you can stay up till three AM. God, I'm such a fucking Yeah, there you shit. go. I'm it's the freaking piece. weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Quote Nar Kelly. That's what I just did. <laughs> oh, in retrospect, probably not the kind of fun we wish he was having. No, no. Which was adult fun. Uh, so do we have anything to plug? I want to plug the next Unpops Zoom comedy show featuring a Tiff Myers and hey. others. Woo. That the the first on pops zoom show was very fun and this month's in addition to featuring a tiff we got your jen scotts your jessica singers uh teresa lee matt lieb jeff may is hosting nice. i'm still not on this one because i'm still getting used to running these things and then i'll have to show someone else how to run it and then maybe i'll do one but uh tickets for that will be on sale by the time you hear this check our twitter there should be some tweets or go to unpopscomedy.eventbrite.com and you can buy tickets. Or if you're a Patreon subscriber at the $15 level or higher, you get in for free. I mean, not really for free because you're giving me more money on Patreon than yeah. most subscribers. So <laughs> kind of balances out, but uh, saves you saves you a trip to the Eventbrite website. That's got to count for something. That's fair. Do I have to wear like a t-shirt or is a tank top cool? I'm not wearing full shirts this entire quarantine. <laughs> Don't even wear a shirt. All right. That's what I say. All right, good. Shirtless Zoom show. I'm down. Friday, October 9th. I don't think I even yeah. said the date. Up October to 9th, point. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. PT. That means Pacific time. Yeah. Saves me time when I talk. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Corona times. People should be congratulating you for wearing bottoms, right? Like that's that's politeness. <laughs> 
That is, that's already <laughs> there, like there, a big step. There was a reason why I didn't want my camera on initially. I'm going to say that. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, like, oh, fuck. Fine. <laughs> a tiff. What do you got to plug? I don't know if you guys know, but there is a Zoom show for Unpopular Opinion at <laughs> October 9th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. <laughs> and uh, follow my Instagram and Twitter at Tiff Myers. I don't post anything, but just follow me. I don't know why. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? I'm making a new podcast. I'm very proud of it. It's called Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. It's uh, featured fantastic guests like Adam Todd Brown. And it's a show Ooh, about the the history and science and lore that makes seemingly ordinary things actually amazing. Uh, they're all evergreen. I think they're all really fun. And you can check it out at sifpod.fun. S-I-F-pod.fun. F-U-N. Dot fun. Yeah. That's a thing you can end a website in, it turns out. Dot fun. <laughs> really excited. Nice. Uh, and I think that's it. Let's get out of here. Alex, say goodbye. Goodbye. A tiff. Say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bristol Street, bring a blood object to Bristol Street, I'm not-